there's this idea for this crazy thing called distance sex therapy. It was basically, you know, people go to, some people go to sex therapists and um, so some people are embarrassed to go to sex therapists. And so um, there are these sex therapists who are offering distance, uh, like, like remote counseling. Uh, through Skype or phone calls or whatever. And uh, this is interesting. And I pitched it to the Washington Post health section. And, um, you know, I had like no business writing for the Washington Post health section. And I uh, I got lucky. The editor at the section, this woman named Susan, uh, emailed me back and she wanted to hop on the phone and talk about the story. And so we got on the phone. I was so nervous. I was like, my mouth was dry. My hands are shaking and I'm pacing around in this dumpy apartment. And she asked me a ton of store, a ton of questions about the story and the idea and me. And at the end of it, she said, well, listen. This is Scratch Your Own Itch, the one show that delivers the conversations that we're afraid to share, but need to. This show is all about creating a life worth living. I'm Logan Tyler Nelson, and I'm your host. So you're going to hear conversations with creators and entrepreneurs talk about what they do, their current and past traumas, how they became who they are, and what they are truly curious about. This is the show where we talk about the things we think about a lot but need to talk about more. Please take note that this show is not a substitute for actually creating a life worth living because this show will stir your beliefs make you question what it means to create a life worth living. So my promise to you is to always give you one question to answer for yourself today to start turning your dreams into reality. Hey, ladies and gents. <laughs> It sounds so ridiculous still. Ladies and gents, um, anyways, I have to just start this episode by saying thank you. Thank you so much to tuning in and listening to this podcast because I know you can be listening to anything else right now, but you chose me, which means a lot to me. And I don't take it uh, very half-heartedly. I take it wholeheartedly and it means a lot to me so if you have a chance to share this i really do appreciate any share after this episode or or maybe a subscribe you know a quick subscribe that would be awesome and i want to know what kind of guests you would like to see on the show so just please reach out find me on facebook I'll, i'll include my link on facebook to get a hold of me and just message me and say, hey, this is the kind of guest I would really like to see on next. Or maybe you want to get on and you want to share your story because you are finally, you know, at that place where you want to get noticed and get seen. So I'm here for you. Um, recently, I got an awesome review that I want to read off by Colin T. 2018. He said, I followed some of Logan's work and just caught his podcast. Very good content for self-improvement. Thank you so much, Colin, man. That means a lot to me. Um, So I really appreciate anybody who takes time out of their day to do something like that, to leave a review. Um, It doesn't, through my research, it doesn't help someone's findability. 
so the subscribe button is very important though um, the more subscribers one has the more shares that one has obviously the more um, easily found that podcast can be but I want to just let you guys know that I'm listening I'm here and anybody that is um, here that feels like they're in a place where they're uh, they're struggling, they're fighting. I want to let you know you're not alone. Everyone has their own battles. Uh, a quote that I recently read and I have started to include in my life is just, um, you don't know what kind of battle everyone is going through. So to take the time to smile, to give them a compliment, to ask them a question that may amp them up is important. So try it out. But enjoy my interview with Mr. Jason Pfeiffer. Um, I was really nervous for this one just because he is the editor-in-chief of entrepreneur.com entrepreneur magazine as well and so he um he's a he's big time so i hope you guys enjoy this and uh i'd love to hear feedback from any of you um facebook's the easiest place for me to be found right now so just go to that facebook and um message me there i'd love to get in in, in touch with you and don't be shy please reach out I know it takes some effort and energy to do that. So that means the world to me if you do do that. All right. Well, without further ado, enjoy my interview with Jason. So, my curiosity question for you is what is getting in the way from becoming the best entrepreneur you can be okay really ask yourself that question what is getting in the way of you becoming the best entrepreneur you can be okay let me set the tone entrepreneurship is freaking hard there's no other way to put it Today's young culture is filled with aspiring entrepreneurs looking to build the next billion-dollar app or company. It's the go big or go home mentality that's ingrained in so many new and young founders. We need a fabricated press release online or an inspiring documentary of the I'm a millionaire founder who made it big. And it excites the heck out of us when you see it. But... If these guys can do it, why can't I, you might be thinking to yourself. You tell yourself this, but the truth is, the truth is the media leaves out the ugly while keeping in the flashy headline. Why? Because people don't want to hear about your early startup struggles until you succeed. And it's in the interest of the media companies to capture your attention. Look, I have no interest in bringing down anyone's ambition right now, but when you enter the boxing ring without understanding how to defend yourself, you might get knocked down. So with that said, I have someone who has seen this time and time again. His name is Jason Pfeiffer. 
Jason Pfeiffer is the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine and host of two podcasts, Problem Solvers, about entrepreneurs solving unexpected problems in their business, and The Pessimist Archive, a history of unfounded fears of technology. He's also co-written a novel with, with his wife, Mr. Nice Guy, which will come out in October, so you don't have to just gear up for Halloween. You can also gear up for reading that awesome Mr. Nice Guy's book. So, without further ado, I want you to give a huge warm welcome to the one and only Jason Pfeiffer. Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, oh boy, I, I hadn't thought about the book and Halloween. It's going to be like uh, buy a Kit Kat and get a book kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. you know, just set, set something up. <laughs> get people on a sugar rush to read the book. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, that's... Oof. That's where my mind went to right away. I was like, hey, you know, this Mr. Nice Guys, uh, heck, you could find a little, uh, I, I know the the book's a little, it's pretty cool, actually. If you want, you can talk about the book for a little bit, uh, just to start you off and how you're kind of scratching your own itch by uh, doing that book, if you'd like. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, so first of all, thank you for that very generous introduction, and Everything you said there is completely true, and I can't wait to talk about it because it's—it really is uh, the the hardest um, the hardest part about entrepreneurism is the stuff that nobody sees, uh, and I I find that the most valuable thing that I can do, and let's let's talk all about this, is to um, is to just make sure that people don't feel alone in the hard stuff. It's so funny how everybody shares the same hard experiences like everybody goes through the same kinds of things and they all think that they're alone in doing it it's a, it's the craziest thing we're, we're we're all having this collective shared experience and we all think that it's completely unique to us and it's not uh but the book just uh just to start us out on a i guess a lighter tone so the book is about uh two people who two journalists who uh, sleep together each week and then critically review each other's sexual performance in a magazine. And the idea came to me when I was in my 20s, just like a premise. I was just like, what would happen if you did that? If two people had to do that? What would happen if you were totally honest about the thing that nobody's ever totally honest about? And I hung on to this idea. I like took a couple cracks at it. I really just didn't know how to do it. It's not the thing that I do. I don't write fiction. I don't know how to do it. And then I married I married a novelist. I married a woman who does know how to do fiction. And she was trying to figure out what her next book would be after she sold her most recent one, which was a couple of years ago. And I said, well, why don't you write the book, my book? Why don't you write this book that we talked about? That, like, I'm never going to write this thing. Uh, it's a great idea. Like, I want it to be in the world and I'm never going to write it. And she said, well, why don't we do it together? And I said, that's perfect. And so we divided the labor and spent we just spent years uh plotting it out and and reworking it and and making connections and um and i you know i gotta say having a ha like like it's people often tell me that they think it's crazy that i was able to write a novel with my wife like it's a really hard thing for two people particularly people who are married to do together but i i found it like it's a relationship builder if you can take on a project together and you can 
find ways in which you're both contributing to it and not clashing. Um, it's like, it's great. It like gives us something to do. You know, it's like we're, we're in Barbados uh, one summer and we're like walking along the beach and we're talking about how to plot the novel. Like, what would we have been talking about otherwise? Um, I mean, I guess something, but like, it's a nice thing to have in a relationship. So anyway, it's great. We've, um, we've, we've sold a couple of foreign rights and, uh, the book comes out in, in, in America in October, um, 16th and it's going to be a lot of fun. And I, I just can't wait to have it out there in the world. That's awesome, Jason. That's so cool. Uh, I love hearing that part of like how you, you made your, uh, your relationship ultimately better by bringing in the art, bringing in the art. And, uh, it actually, uh, I'm about to make a stupid rhyme, but by bringing in the art, it can really help you guys grow in a heart together, you know, like this baby now together. And this is a, a book instead of, uh, you know, actually having a baby. Now you have a book together. Like, yeah, we also have a baby together. Oh, nice. <laughs> we have a book, book and a baby. Nice. Uh, yeah. And they're both, uh, they're, they're, they've both had their equal challenges. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. And you know, I, I, I mean, we had set ourselves up for this and you know, it's funny you, um, I often, often the things people talk about is the very beginning of something. Um, you know, you talk to entrepreneurs and they'll tell you their founding story. Uh, couples always like to talk about how they met. And in some way that's because the thing that happens at the very beginning sets the tone and sets the direction for everything that comes. And so that moment feels particularly important. Also, it just feels like it's encapsulated in your head as a specific moment. Whereas once you are in something, it all kind of starts blending together. And anyway, the point of that is that when Jen, Jen my wife's name is Jen, when Jen and I started dating, uh, she was writing at the time her first novel and uh, this 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 is coming out now will be her third and she asked me pretty early on we hadn't been together for more than a couple months at this point she asked me if i would edit her novel which is a big ask <laughs> not just because of the amount of time but really because of the emotional weight of that right now i'm going to have to dive into her work her very personal work and give her critical feedback on it and direction on it. And the reason she tells me that she did that was because it was, I mean, she saw it as a test, really. Like, she didn't want to be with someone who didn't like her work. And so I either was going to like this and want to make it better, or I was going to not like it, and that was going to become very clear. And uh, and I had never been presented with a personal requests like that. I mean, I'm a magazine editor. I edit people all the time, but usually I'm, I'm editing them with a kind of, I'm like, I'm guarding the doors of a publication. You know, if I'm like, if I'm, if I'm working for entrepreneur, I'm, I'm making sure that everything that is being submitted to me fits the voice and ethos of entrepreneur. But this is, this is her book. And so it had to fit the voice and ethos of her. And so rather than me telling her like, you know, this is, this doesn't work or whatever. I, I, I was finding a kind of different mode to edit, which was to say, um, what were you going for here? Like, let, let's like, I don't feel like this is achieving what it is that you wanted to achieve, like this particular scene or section or whatever. So let's talk through like where you were going with it. And then we'll figure out how to like build that proper bridge. And that, that worked really well. That actually, I've taken that, 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 that far more understanding tone with other people as well, but I really learned it by being in the position of editing my girlfriend at the time and like not wanting to, <laughs> not wanting to upset her, uh, and also wanting to be respectful of, of her work. And, uh, and so anyway, the point it, it, uh, we, 
we set, uh, I think we set our relationship on a path by that thing at the very beginning in which we were able to collaborate. It's like once you start something with the understanding that the two of you can collaborate, um, you're able to do it going forward. Wow. Hey friends. So let me ask you real quick. Are you someone who's trying to get more visibility? Who's trying to be in front of the crowd? Well, if that's you, I want to let you know that first of all, you're not alone. Second of all, if you want to get on more podcasts or ones that actually scratch your own itch, meaning maybe you have a book or a business or maybe you do speaking or if you don't yet do speaking, maybe you can and maybe you'd love to. Well, I put something together for you and in this little giveaway, I'm going to show you how to pitch yourself or podcast and how to actually be professional when you show up so you can be the next authority in your niche so you can start scratching your own itch. I know what it's like to build something, create something, and then there just be crickets. No one wants that. You need to be seen. You need to be heard because you have a message to share. A message that is worthy of hearing. Podcasts nowadays, more than ever, are being consumed by people. And guess who's actually learning the knowledge that's being shared? It's podcast listeners. It gives you a license to be an authority in whatever area you really dream of being an authority in. So if this at all starts to give you a little itch to scratch... Just email Logan at LoganTylerNelson.com. Again, that's Logan at LoganTylerNelson.com. Well, yeah, that's so... Uh, yeah, collaboration is really, really... It, it can be the best thing and the worst thing. Um, you know, and I think that's why sometimes people become entrepreneurs because... Well, they're like, heck, I don't like working with this guy. I want to do it myself. <laughs> and But it kind of brings me into this whole editing thing, which is, is another, it's another uh, sort of like that role right there um, is something where like you, you have to be a really uh, great communicator in the way that you give your writer notes. And I'm sure you, you know that. And, and sort of like, the mission of the show, first of all, is just to kind of talk about the things we think about a lot and need to talk about more. And that's yeah. with entrepreneurship, that's with artistry, that's with relationships. And so uh, I would kind of love to kind of ask you that, you know, that, that ultimate story that sometimes you have to tell people that, um, you know, is really hard to talk about, but it ultimately challenged you and and changed you for the best. Ooh. Can be more specific. Yeah. Well, well like what specifically yeah. with with but, maybe yeah, a, a, a... A, fa- a failed um, career change or a maybe uh, a you know uh, maybe a failed relationship with uh, someone that you really looked up to as a hero and then you met that person and you go okay well that person didn't turn out to be the person that I thought they would be. Mm. Yeah, I um. Hmm. 
I mean, it's, you know, it's funny. I've interviewed, I've been really fortunate in my career to meet a lot of the people who I, uh, who, whose work I admire. And I really, I don't have anybody who I could think I would call a hero, but, but whose work I admire and nobody has disappointed me. I've met plenty of people who I thought were jerks, but I didn't really like them to begin with. Um, you know, like, <laughs> like some, you know, some athlete or something that I was assigned to go interview them and they were a jerk and I left and I was like, well, that guy's a jerk, but I, I don't know. I don't, don't really care. Uh, but the, but the people who I've met, um, who, who I like for one reason or another, I mean, even like sometimes athletes, I grew up in Florida, I'm a big Miami heat fan and, and like, you know, Dwayne Wade is just, is a big figure in my, in my, my basketball fandom. And that guy's just a delight. I mean, just so smart and thoughtful and just, just wonderful. Um, and that, you know, having those kinds of moments, you know, what's really impressive about somebody like that. And then I will, I will say something about like negative, but I'm just like sort of on the positive here. But, um, so I met, so I met D Wade and he came to my office when I was at men's health many years ago. And afterwards he sent a fruit basket, a thank you fruit basket with a note, what? a handwritten note that said, thank you so much for meeting with me or something like that. Uh, Dwayne Wade and a fruit basket. Now, <laughs> no, Dwayne Wade does not need to send a fruit basket, right? Like he, <laughs> he, people are happy to just meet with him. You don't need the thank you gift afterwards. But that when you want you like you look at people who are extremely successful and and well um, well appreciated people, people who out there in the world are just loved and you wonder how they're loved. And the answer is that they go above and beyond. Like they don't treat themselves as these special, special people. They, they still will act like, um, someone who is gracious for your time. And I have never in, in all my years in journalism had anybody else remotely close to his level of stature, send me some kind of thank you gift afterwards. And nor is it necessary, nor do I expect it. But that he did is really remarkable. Um, just really goes to show you what's in his head. So, um, yeah, let me tell you. Oh, by the way, can I just say a, a last thing on, on Mr. Nice Guy, which is that yeah. it's available for pre-order. <laughs> I was supposed to, I should be saying this, um, that, uh, you know, you don't actually have to wait till October. If you go onto Amazon, you type, uh, Mr. Nice Guy, you'll get it. Okay. So, um, so I mean, listen, I started out, uh, with no connections, in journalism and no real sense of what it was that I wanted to do outside of that. I wanted to write and somehow make a living off of that. And I, I was living in, I went to Clark university in Worcester, Massachusetts. So I was not in exactly anybody's definition of like a hot media area. And, um, I, I didn't know what to do. And I knew that I wanted to work at a high level. And I knew that I thought I could, I thought I was talented and that I could work hard and that I could achieve a lot, but I had absolutely no roads to get there. And I took the first job that I could find, which was at the Gardner news, 6,000 circulation daily newspaper in North central Massachusetts. And it was soul bruising. <laughs> I hated it. It was, it was, it was not, there was nothing happening and I was not being taught anything, right? The, my editor was this washed up guy who didn't care about anything. And the publisher seemed just interested in her own 
influence in the community. Like there was nobody to learn from and there was nothing to be excited about. And I sat there for a while feeling sour about that. And then uh, after about a year, I, I think, well, okay. So after about a year, two things happened at roughly the same time. Number one was that my one friend in the office left. And so then I felt really alone. And number two was that I thought that I was keeping my own negativity to myself. Like I thought like, you know, I'm looking around and I'm like, this place sucks, but I wasn't, I wasn't going around telling everyone that they suck, but I was, <laughs> I, I was, I didn't realize it until that boss who I didn't like, but who was at least a, attuned enough to recognize that I was super negative and that I was not a constructive presence in the newsroom gave me like a talking to. It was basically like, you have to, you have to fix this thing up or get out of here. And, um, that taught me an important lesson, which, which was like, you know, like you got, first of all, uh, I'm more transparent than I realized. And that's something I, I, you need to be aware. I need to be aware of, but two, like, you know what? I was wrong. Like I was wrong because I thought I was better than that place. But if I was better than that place, I wouldn't have been there. I would have been somewhere else, but I was there, which means that actually I wasn't better than that place. And I could have just gone and like kicked butt there and won everybody over and done whatever, but that wasn't what I did. Instead, I was just like, I was just like a jerk. And so I left. Um, I left and I, I, I left and I sat in my bedroom for nine months and I decided that I was going to I was just going to go, um, I was going to go put myself in front of the people who I did want to work with. Like nobody was coming to me. You know, I, I think, I think that's often, I think often people will get into a job that they don't like and they'll be like, I deserve to be somewhere else. But you know what? Like nobody at the place where you want to work is coming to you. Like they're not like, Oh, that guy, that sour guy over there who doesn't like his job. Like well, we should go hire that guy. Nobody's going to do that. You have to go to them. You, you can't wait around for people to come to you. You go to them. And so I, I, that's what I learned in my bedroom. Like I, I just sat there for nine months and I just pitched my, I just pitched, I just cold pitched into the darkness. I didn't know anybody. And, um, uh, the big, the big, big moment came for me when I wrote this, I wrote this pitch. It was this idea for this crazy thing called distance sex therapy. It was basically, you know, people go to, some people go to sex therapists and, um, so some people are embarrassed to go to sex therapists. And so, um, there are these sex therapists who are offering distance, uh, like, like remote counseling, uh, Skype or phone calls or whatever. And, uh, this is interesting. And I pitched it to the Washington post health section and, um, you know, I had like no business writing for the Washington post health section. And I, I got lucky. The editor at the section, this woman named Susan, uh, emailed me back and she wanted to hop on the phone and talk about the story. And so we got on the phone. I was so nervous. I was like, my mouth was dry and my hands are shaking and I'm pacing around in this dumpy apartment. And she asked me a ton of store, a ton of questions about the story and the idea and me. And at the end of it, she said, well, listen, I, not gonna say yes, but I'm not gonna say no. So if you want to do more work on this and send it to me, then I'll see where we're at. I'll consider. And I said, okay. And so then I just record, I reported the 
hell out of this thing. Like I just, I talked to 12 people and I wrote like a 4,000 word outline, which was, you know, like double what the story actually itself would have been. And I sent her this mound of information organized and, and just explaining everything. I wanted to show her, I can do this. Like if you give me any small opportunity, I will take it and prove myself to you. And, um, that's how I got the story. That's how I got my first big story. She said yes to that. And I wrote this piece and then I wrote a whole bunch more pieces for the Washington post. And it, and it helped me, it helped me frankly get my next newspaper job and helped me get my first national magazine job at men's health. Cause now suddenly I had help writing experience and, and it all, it all came from, um, going to somebody else and just hustling as much as possible. Um, and that's, I really, that's what I, I, I learned just so much from that experience, uh, and that I could build things myself if I was willing to put the time and effort into it. And I think that that is, that's the model that I've, I've followed. Wow. Wow. That's an amazing story. I, I think what's most profound about it is that like you didn't go after chasing your sort of like passion, which was, uh, you know, like health for a lot of people is like a passion of their or topic to chase. And they find themselves, I think, chasing that topic so hard that they forget about the, the, the skill set of why yeah. they like health so much you know or something like that and um for you it, it was kind of like I see it as like you you were just chasing to c just just tell the best story you possibly could in the capacity that you could at the time um and and by doing that you were able to finally land yourself you know a great gig and, and great connections and I'm I'm kind of curious about this uh Jason, what do you think is more important nowadays? Do you think it, it's more important to have a, a great uh, network or do you think it's more important to just be able to hustle and grind by yourself and, and be able to do it by yourself even when no one's telling you to do it? Huh, it's an interesting question. I mean, there's a it, – it's – like everything, I don't know that – you can say it's like everything that we do is, a, is, is, is in combination. Um, so I, I, you know, I don't know that there's a way to weigh the two against each other, but I, I do think, I do think that if you look at my story for whatever that's worth, one data point, one person, um, it was hustle, not network. Like I built the network. I built, I have a great network now, but that network came from my hustle. The hustle built the network. Right? Like the hustle is what got me the jobs. And once I got the jobs, I hustled in the jobs, which got me f friends and admirers and people who wanted to hire me. And, and through that, I built the network. And then I hustled to build more network. I, I, mean, I would go out, to, I go out to events and I meet people and I, I'm always reaching out to people. And, um, and, so, and I don't think that the network builds the hustle in the same way. Like, I don't think that you can do that in reverse. You can't know a ton of people and, um, and, and have those people create hustle for you. Um, you have to hustle, right? If you, if you are blessed enough to have started with a great network, uh, those people will help you get opportunity. Like they'll help put you in front of the opportunities. Um, and then you have to win those opportunities yourself. And so if, if, if all you think is that the network itself will take care of you, I, I think actually quite the opposite. If, if, an, if I put myself out for someone 
And then that person doesn't take advantage of it or that person suddenly changes. They suddenly go from being a hustler to being lazy or, or they embarrass me in any way. Then that's the last time that I put myself out for them. And so you could imagine someone with a network that's great, but who doesn't hustle um, very slowly but steadily losing that network. That network will dissipate because people want to be associated with and attached to people who, who they, they feel a, a commonality with and who also, frankly, they feel like, um, they feel like there's a lift all boats kind of thing going on, right? Like I help you and at some point maybe you'll help me. And, you know, I'm not doing this selfishly, but I am associating myself with other people who are on the same path as me. I like to be surrounded, and this is me talking, I like to be surrounded with people who are out there to just kick ass. Like I, that's, that's, that's who I want to be surrounded with because, um, I relate to those people and I like those people and I, I, I want to, I want to celebrate us all. You know, like I, I love, I love moments like getting together. A couple of weeks ago, I had lunch with my friend, Joel, who's the editor of, uh, editor in chief of Bloomberg business week. We were just two guys at men's health 10 years ago or whatever. Um, 10 years ago, uh, we were two guys at men's health, um, you know, at the, at the kind of lower middle level, um, wondering what was going to become of our careers and, uh, and working hard. And then, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, we got to have this lunch and talk about running national magazines together and, and, and about how happy we are that the two of us made it like this. I mean, that's awesome. That's a network that you want to be, that you want to cultivate and be a part of, but that network won't be with you unless you also do the hustle. Hey, Logan Tyler Nelson here. I would so appreciate it if you took some time to hit the subscribe button. I really want to just honestly live and give. Why? Because I was told when I was young that if you're feeling down, the best way to feel better is by lifting someone up again. So in an effort to make someone feel less alone, please hit the subscribe button so the podcast has a better chance of being found and making someone feel less alone. And if you're feeling down, hey, it can help you. Know that by hitting that subscribe button, you just did someone a huge favor. So thank you for hitting that subscribe button. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's just got to be spoken of, you know, so much. is like, and let's face it, like when you're, <laughs> and you can uh, disagree with me or, or agree with me, but I think uh, entrepreneurship is, is kind of like the new term for actor, right? Like now everyone's a, an entrepreneur or now. Yeah, they are. You know, like, and it's crazy that, um, that people just say that, like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, even though the, I think that it's just skipping steps. Like, the reason why I started interviewing people is because, well, first of all, I just, I felt really alone in my artistry, and I had a, I, I had an identity thing where I kind of lost my identity as an actor. I, th I thought I was supposed to be this actor, and, and, and all of a sudden it didn't happen, and so I didn't know how to really place myself in the world anymore. And so I found myself going, okay, I want to just talk to some people that I really look up to that are just like killing it in the world, doing things that are amazing. And I think oftentimes that this theme pops up time and time again. And the theme is that these entrepreneurs are, aren't, they're not doing it uh, because they want to actually make a bunch of money from it. They're doing it because they just have to make this thing happen. 
Otherwise, if they don't create it, it's going to drive them nuts. So like the whole motivation thing goes out the window. They don't need motivation. They just solve that problem. And so it kind of leads me to my next uh, question for you, Jason, is what's that one problem you think in your job that you're just constantly trying to solve? Uh, yeah, question. I feel like I'm trying to solve a million problems. Um, <laughs> I guess, I mean, what's the, uh, the problem that I, uh, the problem, I focus, I guess, is my problem. Here's my problem. My problem is that I, um, I'm always more excited about new things than old things. Uh, and so I, you know, like <laughs> Why am I editing a magazine, at, write, uh, hosting two podcasts, writing a novel, doing speaking engagements? I developed this website called Crossing, which is like a search engine for street. And, like, I'm doing tons of things. Why am I doing all that? Um, I mean, one, because it's fun and because I in some ways feel like – I think of myself – this is – I, this is not the right metaphor. Like I wish I had a better metaphor for this because this is going to sound just so corny, but I'm going to say it. Uh, I kind of think of myself like a good car. Um, and like, what do you want to do when you get in a good car? You want to like see what this thing will do. Like, what will this thing do? I slam the gas. What will happen? Let's see. You know, and um, I just kind of feel like that way about myself. I feel like I feel like I've got um, I've got I, I've just like, got some things that I want to take. I, like, I, I'm naturally energetic. I don't tire easily. Um, I feel like I'm a quick learner. I, I have a good work ethic. I'm willing to put the hustle in. Um, I'm a friendly guy. So people like me. Like, I, like, I feel like I got enough and then I'm, and then I'm, I'm also methodical. Like, so I, I will think through why am I not achieving this or that thing and kind of break it down. Um, my, a, 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 a childhood development specialist once said of my son, she observed my son. She says, um, she said that he does this thing, uh, that she looks for in, in kids, which is, um, uh, uh, works to mastery, works towards mastery or something like that, which basically it's like, you know, you put a problem in front of the kid and the kid will like focus on it until he figures out how to do it. And, uh, when she said that, I was like, you know what, that's a really good, like, I feel like I do that too. Um, and so anyway, so I, I'm really, I'm like excited to see what else the car can do. And because of that, I, um, I tend to like, as soon as I have done something, I, I, I want to keep doing it, of course, but I want to add something new to it. Like I'm not, I don't really like just kind of settling with the things that I'm already doing. So, um, so I keep adding things. I just keep adding things. And that's, that's a problem. Um, because, uh, because I'm really low on time. I'm just stretched thin all the time. I feel rushed all the time. And, uh, and you know, I mean like my wife just this weekend, what was it? I was, I think we, my, our kid was down for a nap. I always work during nap time. And she was like, what, she was like, what do you do? You, you know, you want to watch a movie? And I was like, I don't know. I really feel like I should work. And I'm kind of tired, but I really, I feel like I need to write this podcast script or whatever it was. And she, she was like, you know, I don't want you to get burned out. And I can't imagine getting to the point where I would get burned out, but I'm definitely setting myself up for it, right? Like I definitely have the habits of someone who creates a burnout sensation. So, um, so I, um, I recognize that it's something I need to, I need to like draw back on. Um, and I, um, I don't, I, I you know, I have various strategies to try to w work through that. Um, trying to, I, I like experiment with teams, you know, sort of like building teams around projects and, and I keep toying with the idea, right? Like money could solve some of this problem. Um, I could like hire an assistant to do a whole bunch of stuff in the same way that, 
like, you know, I don't know, personalities out there in the world that you really like, they're, they're often like, they're not writing their own newsletters and they have someone who's like managing their own social media and all that stuff. I do all, I do it all myself every, every, every single day. So, um, at some point that's going to have to stop. Like I'm going to need to buy myself time in a literal way. Um, but I haven't gotten to that point yet because I, I, I like it. I like doing it. I like being in touch with everybody on social media. I don't want to give it up, but I, I, I have to start giving things up. I, yeah, I'm going to have to start giving things up. <laughs> you know, I'm laughing at this because I heard an interview with you talk about the same thing, how you're just into so many things and you're like, oh, maybe I should get another, but then again, I kind of like this and, and, uh, that becomes the, the you know, that's just, that's just part of it. I think that, uh, you know, we love all these things and to outsource them, uh, yeah, they give us more time, but time for what? Like, what else would I fill my time with? You know, I, I like doing these things. I like being on social media, like you said, and, you know, like, yeah, sometimes it stinks because you feel like you might burn yourself out at one point, but at the same time, it's like, what else would I devote all this time with? You know, and uh, I, I actually think that's maybe uh, something that uh, we could talk about right now is this sort of like, why do you think a lot of people um, find themselves uh, very confused and just not knowing what to do upon graduation? Where they're like, all right, now I got the, I got this degree and, and now I'm going to use it. And then they finally decide that maybe that degree was not something they wanted to get a degree in. And they go, now I can do anything. Like, what should I do? And do you see that as being kind of the problem is now that you can do anything in life now that, uh, we're at an abundance of choices and a lot of people end up doing nothing. Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, we, we do do that. Uh, I mean, I'd rather, it's like, it's like good problem to have, right? Like I'd rather that problem than that you have no choice and you, you know, you grow up and, your your five generations of family have done one thing and that's all you're expected to do right or like that was that was our culture at some point and now it's not um i i think that people are afraid to try something that would take them off the path and and that's and that's especially paralyzing if they don't really know what the path is they just know that there's some path and they know that in doing nothing, they have not yet chosen the path, and thus they haven't chosen the wrong path. So uh, they then are very afraid to take whatever that first step is because they don't know what direction it's going to lead them in. Um, you know, like like people they'll graduate. It's not just graduates; people do this all the time. But it is particularly true at the beginning of your career, where you will. Maybe you'll have some idea in your head about something that you want to do, and you either you either won't know how to get there, or you'll you'll enter into the whatever the entry level version of that thing is, and, and discover that it's not what you want to do, and that maybe the amount of dues paying that you'll have to do to get where you want to go is just not satisfying enough, and you you leave it, and then you're just adrift. Uh, similar, I suppose, to the way that you felt because you imagined yourself as an actor for so long, and then that wasn't going to happen. And now it's like, well, then what path am I on? And I, um, but I guess I was fortunate in that I, I always knew that I wanted to write in some way. So I had that, but I didn't know what kind of writing and I didn't know in, in what venue or medium or what. Um, 
And the thing that I learned from my own circumstance that I always advise other people um, is just to try, like just try a bunch of stuff. Just don't, don't worry about where it takes you. Don't worry about precedent that you're like doing this is going to lead to that. Or like, don't worry about that. Just do it. Just, just do, 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 do a bunch of stuff. See what works. See what doesn't. See what you like. See what you hate. See what you're good at. I like. I just got actually just got this email over the weekend from this guy who had quit college. He was. It wasn't for him. He said whatever that means. And now he's he's in some job he doesn't like, and he doesn't know what comes next. And he's wondering if I had any advice. And I I wrote him back and I said, you know, listen, I I mean I don't know your circumstance, but I. I'm going to just take a guess based on the email that you sent me that um, you're sitting around in this job that you don't like and you're not doing anything to get out of it. You're just like paralyzed by the question of what to do to get out of it. And there will never be an answer to that. Like nobody's ever going to deliver upon you the solution to this problem. The solution is going to come by you having enough life experience to discover the thing that you want to do or that you are good at or, you know, ideally the intersection of what you want to do and what you are good at and then move towards it. But that will not happen until you just start doing. Do, 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 do. Like if you don't like that job and and um, I guess and you can afford to do this, quit and try some other things or hold on to that job that you don't like and and do some other things on the side. Um, or take some classes or, or go call people who are doing things that you, you think you might want to do and ask if you can tag along for the day and learn and impress people. Like do, you just have to do, don't stop and sit there and think that you're stuck. Like do, because that's the only way out. Um, and it does, and, and I think, I just think that people don't do that. They, they ruminate and they're afraid of the direction and therefore they do nothing. And if you do nothing, nothing is going to happen. That is wise right there. <laughs> that is super wise. I think it's wise just because um, the fact that, uh, you know, if you want to be, you just got to do. And and I think a lot of us fall into that, like, sort of, like, idea of we see someone doing this thing on social media, which is something that kind of fascinates us, the idea of maybe being, uh, for example, an editor-in-chief at entrepreneur.com. Uh, they would probably be like, all right, well, how do I, I think that the, the main question now is how do I reverse engineer Jason's uh, career? And so you take someone that is in a place where you'd want to be and then you kind of reverse engineer and don't carbon copy, but but see how you can kind of fit that. And I, I think being a creative nowadays is the number one skill set. Like, and, and when I say creative, like how can you creatively fit it into your own life? What do you think is another like awesome skill set that someone could have to set themselves up for um, great success and not just uh, their work, but maybe uh, being an entrepreneur themselves? Communication. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I, I think that I think that we all in some way or another have to be uh, a storyteller. Um, and some of us literally do that for a living. I do that for a living, but not everyone does. But everybody who has a job has in some way had to tell the story of themselves to get that job. And then when they're in that job, they tell the story of themselves or they tell the story of the thing that they're working on or whatever. They, they are communicating to others 
um, about themselves and about what they find valuable and about what they're doing. And that is how they succeed. Um, that's how people come to support them and join them and uh, hire them and, and so on. And, um, and I, I see a lot of people who like, I often feel like when I meet people who are frustrated by their own lack of success, they're also not very good at communicating themselves. Like they're like, they just, they don't know how to explain themselves. They don't, they don't have a story of themselves. They, they don't know how to, they don't know how to make a connection with, with others. They, if, you know, if you've got two minutes in front of me at some conference or something, like some people can, some people just know how to just some people just know how to frame themselves, you, you know? Um, and, uh, uh, and you often, you do that with a story and you do it with something relatable. Like you should think of everybody really should think of themselves as a brand. Like I know that's corny and, and, and overplayed, but in, in that brands communicate a particular message about themselves, like brands are conscious about what they want other people to see in this brand. I think that every person needs to do some version of that. Like I, I think a lot about that for myself. And I always have, like, I've been really strategic, even, even long before anybody was wanted to interview me for anything. Like, you know, just, just a guy in an office. Um, like uh, I, I had a sense, I was like, this is how I'm perceived. This is how I want to be perceived. These are the things that I, that I should do to do that. And, um, not, and, and they should all be organic, right? Like they should come out of your own actual, actual, um, uh, being, but they should, you should, you should be intentional about it. I think you need to be intentional about how you're communicating yourself and, um, and what it is that you want. Um, and, and that's, that doesn't come natural to everybody. Uh, and so that gives some people an advantage because it does come natural to them. But I, I would, I would offer to you that everyone can do it. It doesn't take any resources. It doesn't take any special skills. Um, you don't need to have a degree to do it. You just need to find it within yourself and be, I mean, I'm trying to think of another word, but, it, for, but it, intentional, but I, I just, intentional is the right word. Be intentional, be thoughtful about what you're doing and do everything with intent. Wow. That is, uh, that is amazing that you talk about that because it is, you're so right. If you can't tell someone your story within like, you know, two minutes or less, um, then it can get very confusing. And I think who you are too, like to, to reflect on yourself and, uh, cause there's just so many things that we can do nowadays with our lives and if we don't have like a written down of who we are and who we want to be and show up in the world, uh, then one day, you know, you're, you're a uh, magi magician and then the next day you're uh, trying to be a, uh, a writer. Like, that's why I think, uh, and, and I speak, you know, I'm saying, saying this out loud and I'm trying to give myself this own advice is like, all right, like, like stick to the plan, stick to the plan until you master that then move on you know and um so uh jason i think that's just great great wisdom right there and i, I just want to move into what i call scratching the surface curiosity questions where it's just a rapid round of questions uh 30 seconds or less to answer the questions and then uh we'll uh we'll also give some shameless plugs and how people can find more of you at the end 
<laughs> you mean you mean my uh, my <clears throat> my shout out to pre-order my book wasn't uh, shameless enough uh, for for the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you can find uh, Jason at Hey Jason uh, on Hey Pfeiffer. Hey, hey Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Hey Pfeiffer. That's what yeah. It is. Whoever has Hey Jason, don't you don't want to give them any? Uh, don't give them your follow. Yeah, I don't, don't know who they are. Don't go there. No. Nope. Can't, can't endorse that. All right. Yeah. Hit me. Let's let's uh, hit me with the lightning round. Let's go. All right. Uh, the first question I like to ask is, um, it's sort of a what I call a giving givings question in order to make someone feel a little less alone. What was an embarrassing or shameful thought that you recently had about yourself? Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, boy, I want to, I want to give you something. I have to think of it. Um, an embarrassing or shameful thought I had about my, myself. Um, well, okay. How about this? Uh, I, I think on a regular basis that if this job disappeared, that I, um, that I, I, that I would lose my definition, um, which is to say that, uh, that, if, uh, that I, you know, I want to establish myself as this person in the world. Um, but how, but am I too tied to, to like, to my, to thing that I don't own? Cause I don't own this company. And that means that this company is out of my control, could disappear tomorrow or my job could disappear tomorrow. And then I don't, and then, then what do I have? Then I'm, am I, am I well-defined enough as, as myself? Um, or am I defined by my job? And, uh, uh, that definitely, that definitely, uh, worries me. Wow. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, what's a, a new belief, behavior, or habit that you've recently adopted, uh, that has had the most impact on your own life? Um, th- uh, thinking of t- somebody, this guy named Sonny Caberwall, uh, told me this, um, he said that he started to think of spending time the way that he spends money. Um, and he spends money wisely, which is to say that he doesn't just spend it, um, not thinking like he, you, you know, you spend, you think about the money that you spend and you should think about the time that you spend and you should, if you're going to buy something, it's because it's going to bring you some value. And so if you're going to buy something with time that should bring you value too. And, uh, that has really, that has really helped me focus, um, on, on how I, how I spend my time and how I can keep doing the things that I want to do, even when I'm kind of tired. Nice. I love it. Um, what is, uh, one of your favorite failures of my, of my own? Yeah. Um, one of my favorite failures, I, (laughs) uh, this is because we were talking about the Gardner news earlier. This is the first thing that springs to mind. I don't know that I have a favorite, but, um, but boy, this was excruciating. I wrote this story. This is at the community newspaper. So this is my first job. I was not a very good reporter, uh, or you know, whatever. I was a 21-year-old reporter. Um, I wrote this story about some some girl who wrote poetry. Why I don't remember. Like, I don't remember what it was. She wrote poetry, and maybe she maybe she got published or something. I don't know. Community news. Anyway, she wrote. Um, she told me that she she told me that she would write a lot of things, and then like throw them out like she would she would throw them into the garbage and um and uh until she got something that she really liked and so my lead of the story the first line i wrote was um uh, like you know whatever her name was emily something emily something um writes poetry for the garbage and then i went on to like explain it but that 
that then I, and I, that was it. Like I wrote and I published that thing. We moved along. And then like a month later I was at something and her mom spotted me and she came up and she was so angry at me. Then she was like, she found that line so insulting and, um, and like, you know, it upset her daughter it upset the whole family. And, you know, she, you saying that I was like, her poetry is garbage, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, like I know what I meant, but I also realized that I was not in as much control of my craft as I would like to be, um, right? Like that I, I would have written, I would have written that story better today than I did back then. And, um, and that makes me want to be really mindful always um, of my own limitations, uh, 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 my own talent limitations. Because even today, I am not as good at something as I hopefully will be in a year, five years, 10 years. And so let's make sure that I'm, I'm not, um, overstretching myself, um, and that I'm aware of what I can and can't do. Uh, I, I feel like I learned a, a lesson from poetry in the garbage. What is the most, uh, overused quote that you think is just garbage for entrepreneurs to actually listen to? Oh man. Uh, do people have these things off the top of their heads? I, <laughs> um, I, uh, like I a, don't, a myth, I, a here, myth can I, that you hear about entrepreneurs all the time. Oh, okay. Well that, that, okay. Well here, cause I was, cause a thing that I was about to say about the quotes was that people frequently misattribute quotes. Like if you're going to write, you know, it's like, um, um, insanity is, uh, is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Great quote. I don't think that it came from Albert Einstein, um, but everyone, <laughs> but everyone attributes it to Albert Einstein. Um, like there's, a, there's like a ton of those out there. Uh, so just be really mindful of who you're quoting. Um, uh, um, so, uh, you know, here, so here's the thing. Um, I think that uh, this, this gets trotted out every once in a while when I speak at conferences and somebody will raise their hand and, um, they'll say that, They'll say that nine out of 10 businesses fail. And so, um, well, you know, if nine out of 10 businesses fail, then, you know, what, yeah, then blank, should I go, should I do it? Should I start it? What, you know, is the risk of failure too high, et cetera, et cetera. And so like, first of all, that's not, a, that's just not a correct fact. Um, nine out of 10 businesses don't fail, but also, um, the, like just because a business closed does not mean that it failed. Like you, you, have, you should remember that, right? Like if you open a business and it runs for 10 years and then you decide it's time to shut it down or the rent gets too high and you have to shut it, whatever it is, like it doesn't mean that it failed, right? I mean, like it, it's like, what is, if that, if that's failure, then the only thing that succeeds is something that's still around that, that never ends, right? I mean, then, then, then nothing has succeeded. Uh, the, the, the East India company, I guess, perhaps is the only thing that's succeeded. So, um, so let, let's let's like let's like not define failure as anything that doesn't last forever. Uh, I think that that's that's just an incorrect way to think of it. And also, I know this is I just I'm like I really suck at lightning round answers. I'm going on way too long. But um, <laughs> uh, but also the it, it's worth remembering that um, that just because let's say that nine out of ten businesses did fail, which they don't, but let's just say that that doesn't mean that nine out of ten entrepreneurs fail. Because an entrepreneur can start a business and that business can collapse and then they can learn from it and start another one and then that business can collapse and then they can start another one and that business makes a bazillion, bazillion dollars, right? Like, and it's, it's only because of the two failures before that 
um, the entrepreneur le- uh, learned what they needed to to build something um, that was super successful. That I would say means that those two, first two businesses weren't really failures; they were learning experiences. Well said. Well said. Well said. And uh, just two more questions: um, What is an uh, unusual habit that you think you have that most people just don't really have? Uh, an unusual habit. Do you know that I don't have a sense of smell? It's not really a habit, but it's mm. unusual. It um, <laughs> um, and so therefore I can, um, I can, I can change my diet whenever I want. Um, and, uh, and so, which is really helpful. So if like, if I, if, if my wife, which is often how this happens, she's like, she's like, you're eating too much sugar, then I'll just stop period cold. Um, that's really, it's really great to be able to train yourself. I have an advantage cause I can't taste, um, but it, it and smell, uh, but, um, to be able to change your habits, uh, to match whatever the needs of the moment are, um, is really, really valuable. And, um, and I would say that I, I do do things like that. Like I, I, I like, I do think about myself as being able to integrate and like almost like a new line of code, you know? Um, like now every day that when you show up at work, you need to do this too. I'm like, all right, let me internalize that. Okay. Now I'm going to do that every day. Like I, to be able to kind of build that in, to change your habits, to be thinking of yourself as somebody who, um, who, 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 who is alterable, um, is really valuable. Awesome. And last question is anybody that's listening to this right now, how can they support Jason Pfeiffer? Um, ah. Yeah. This is the this is the shameless plugging portion of the show. Um, so here's things that you could do that I would love if you did. Um, number one, I'm on social media at Hey Pfeiffer, H-E-Y-F-E-I-F-E-R at Instagram and Twitter. Um, I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. Facebook, I don't really use it very much. In LinkedIn, I do. Um, and uh, also, if you go to my website, jasonpfeiffer.com, you can sign up for my newsletter. It's called the Pfeiffer 5. It's five, the five most... Um, most impactful insights into entrepreneurship that I, I had that month. And, um, I actually, my new one, um, just went out today as we speak. So, um, so you sign up for that. That's, I love that thing. And, uh, and then, yeah, check out my, my shows, uh, pessimist archive, uh, is about the history of unfounded fears of technology. So in each episode, we look at the moment that a new piece of technology, uh, came out and, and why, and try to understand why it freaked everyone out. So things like the bicycle coffee, uh, um, the, the recorded music, the Walkman, these are all things that scared people. Why? Uh, we have answers. And then Problem Solvers uh, is a, a podcast about problems, um, entrepreneurs solving unexpected problems in their business. Um, and then, uh, you know, yeah, don't forget about Mr. Nice Guy, the, the novel, which um, I'd love you to um, to, to check out. Uh, and if you do, let me know what you think. And that's a, that was a whole lot of things. And if anybody does even one of those, I will be just delighted. Uh, yes, uh, please, please, please check out one of those things. I think there's a lot there, though. So if you're really, really confused... Um, I would love for you to just take a second of your time. That's you know, take a take just one second. Put a hand on your heart. Put a hand on your stomach, and just breathe into asking yourself, "What do you think? In which one of those areas you'd like to see yourself improve in?" Because he has a lot there. You know, relationship, entrepreneurship, um, self improvement. I mean, his LinkedIn game is incredible. So if you do sign up for his LinkedIn. Uh, five, what do you call it? Five impactful. 
Oh, the fight for five. Well, that's the newsletter, but I do post the newsletter on, on, uh, on the thing, but thank you. Thank you for noticing the LinkedIn game. It's, um, can I say something about LinkedIn? LinkedIn sure. is, um, I used to not understand LinkedIn and I was like, I don't know why anyone's on LinkedIn and it doesn't do anything for me. I've never gotten a job on LinkedIn. And then I realized that, listen, every single venue, whatever that is, it could be a social media platform. It could be a, uh, a space, uh, uh, you know, a company, a, a community, a group, whatever, every venue, um, there's like a kind of different kind of communication. Like you need to talk to people differently. You need to understand how they are talking and then, and then kind of, um, understand it and, and provide value to it. And once I did that with LinkedIn, once I just spent enough time saying like, what works on LinkedIn and why, why are people on LinkedIn? Um, I just changed the way that I engaged on LinkedIn and suddenly tons of people were engaging with me like tons and suddenly I had I had something that lots of people wanted um, but it wasn't because I came with like my one thing and I was like everybody you need this no I went in and I spent some time like listening and reading and seeing and and understanding and then I changed how I approach to match that community that's why I'm good at LinkedIn it's not it's not because I'm some special guy it's just because I paid attention you know, one of the things that I learned about Jason, uh, one of these things that I will be making a shirt for myself and, and actually wear this this quote is, he has a big theme about, it's not about you. And I don't mean that as like, you know, don't think of it as like, you know, hey, don't ever think about yourself. I mean, it's as like, when you're showing up in the world to give someone something amazing, uh, as an editor-in-chief, uh, he realizes that a lot of the times stories that work out really, really well, um, there's a moral inside of it that makes you really, really, really gain some awesome insight of what this moral could do for your own life. And, and by reminding yourself that the story is not always about you, but it's about what um, it can do. So I hope... That makes sense. Uh, I really just I took that huge takeaway from Jason and learning about Jason and and I lo- I love what he stands for. So please connect with him. And I didn't make this podcast to just be a podcast where you listen to these episodes and you go, hey, like on to the next guy. Like no, take your time, find him on LinkedIn. Please connect with him. He is the man. Uh, I might be hurting Jason right now by by uh, having him have like thirty new crazy. People that are like, I want more of Jason, uh, but Jason. No, no, I welcome that. I welcome it. Bring <laughs> it. Welcomes it. Bring it. So, uh, yeah, find him, um, Jason. Anything else you want to say before we round it out? No, I think you really, you really hit it. I love that final point that you made. It really is not about you. I, once you understand what other people want, let me, yeah, let me say this, um, just to add to it. I think the number one thing that people want, everybody, is to be heard. It's the number one thing they want to. No, no, they want to feel like they're being heard. They don't even need to be heard. They just need to feel like they're being heard. And so if you go if you go into a situation and you make someone feel heard, then they will listen to you. Right? You cannot lead with you, you have to lead with them. And when you do that, you can get the thing that you're looking for. Everybody's looking for something and that's fine. But don't lead with it because people don't want that. They want themselves. And if you can hear them and provide value to them and connect with them, then they want to help you too. It's uh, and I think uh, that's where we'll wrap it up, folks, because that was beautifully said.
there's another episode of Scratch Your Own Itch. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to support the show by listening. Um, the biggest compliment you could ever pay me is just by sharing this because honestly, it doesn't take much and it feels so good when people create something and take time. And when I see someone take time to create something that really just changed my day, either made me feel less alone, maybe put a smile on my face, made me laugh, made me feel wiser. I always want to share it with the world because why? When I share something that resonates with me, why not share it? I mean, that's just kind of the thing that goes around and it's free. It takes no time at all other than just a click of the button, share on either Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, any of those social media platforms would be great to share this. So I really appreciate it. And I want to say that um, anybody who's looking to gain authority or expertise in their area and they don't want to take another year or year and a half to write a book and wait until that's published, I think the best way is right now is to start a podcast. So if you're at all interested in starting a podcast, if you meet the certain requirements, I'd love to help you with a podcast and also get a website going for you as well. And this is not an easy task. It's hard to actually get it done and get it out there. So every now and then we need some help and I'm here for you. So please reach me at Logan at LoganTylerNelson.com if you're interested at all. And don't ever forget, you matter and you're enough.